the journey and its adventures and talking about, and, and here's, here's a quote that I'd written down uh, a few weeks back as I was studying. Knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. Knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and the greatest of adventures. And if you've been walking with the Lord for any amount of time, you know walking with the Lord is an adventure. As long as... Yeah, as long as long as he, he is the main storyline, your adventure will take you places that you never never thought you may be at times. And so here, here's the idea. The idea is looking at people in the Bible who was on a journey with God and had some really cool, amazing, and sometimes bad things happen to them called adventure. And so I wrote a message on the life of Joseph. And so I started writing it, and I had like 15 points. Six, really. But I heard Steve made fun of me last week for having so many points, and he only had three. Yeah, so I, had, I cut it in half. So I have three points today. Yeah. The, the story of Joseph, woohoo, I hear you. Whoever said woohoo, you stay after church and meet somebody you don't know, would you? Instead of running out of here like you're so busy on Sunday morning. Now, you shouldn't have done that. I may add, there could be some added points. But you look at the life of Joseph, and we'll, we'll look at the first part this week, and then we'll get into to how, how Joseph turned out. And, and so here's, here's a challenge that I have for you as your pastor today. Would you consider reading the story of Joseph from the Bible, not from some other book? Because there's all kinds of books out there. Now, from the Bible, would you consider, even if you know the story of Joseph, there's so much rich, richness and so much things that are applicable to our lives. I mean, he was high, he was low, he was down, he was out, he was back up, he was over here. It's just an amazing picture of humanity and a foreshadow of Christ, actually, if you follow the story all the way through. And so I'm just challenging you to do that. If you have not read your Bible in a while, read, go and read the story of Joseph. You'll enjoy it. So here we go. The journey into the adventures of Joseph. The father's favor is always on the journey. Genesis 37.3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. If I am following Christ to the best of my ability, God's favor is up on me. Now, God's favor may not always play out in the way that I think it should play out. There, there will be heartaches. There will be rough times. But I think it's very interesting where you see, now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. I'll be 43 this year, and I look back on being a father, and there's a lot of things I wish I would have done different. There's a lot of things that I wish I wouldn't have said or would have said. And I think the older that you get, the more you become comfortable in your own skin, and and you can kind of look back and go, and it's fun when your kids get older, because then they're like, yeah, Dad, you screwed up. And I'm like, well, you were a brat. (laughs) So, so, and so anyway, so I, I had this thing happen in my life about a month ago, and, and so Raina and I are going to be grandparents. Yeah. yeah. 
Chelsea's like three months pregnant. And, and so I don't do social media, and some of you probably don't. And so, but she went public Friday. We've been keeping that a secret for like a month. It was fun when going home to see my parents, and we told them. My dad just cried and cried and cried. My mom screaming, going, "We're going to be great grandparents!" Telling my brother and his family. And Raina, Raina did it in a really cool way. She said, "Look, we always mean to take a picture, and we always forget. Say cheese." She took a picture. She said, that didn't take good, so she switched it to video and said, "Say Chelsea's pregnant." It was, it was awesome. <laughs> but well, I, I tell you that to tell you that for the last thirty-three days, I've been thinking about this baby and my baby that's having a baby, and it's messing me up big time. I just have to tell you. But I, I will tell you that I think there's a softness that comes along with getting older. And just being like, you know what? And, and that is how God feels about each one of us. Israel loved Joseph more than the others because he was born to him in his old age. God was, is, and is to come. God is everlasting. God looks down on each one of us and sees a little child. That's why Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. In other words, your father in heaven is looking at you. He sees, he sees the child in you. Isn't that beautiful? And when I realize that, I realize he loves me. And when I realize he loves me, I realize he's going to take care of me no matter my circumstance. See, I saw a bumper sticker one time said, I'm God's favorite. Theologically, that's true. We are. We're the apple of his eye. Right? And so, so here's Joseph, and we're going to go on a track here. We're just going to go on this journey together. And he had quite the journey. But he had the favor of the Father on his journey. And if we're living to the best of our ability in reference to this word, God's favor is going to rest on us. Because he's no respecter of persons. But we cannot judge his favor by circumstance. We judge his favor by salvation and what he did for us through sending Jesus Christ to die for us so that we will spend eternity with our Father in heaven. That's favor. So we got Joseph. Joseph's got all these other brothers. And so he, he is Papa's favorite, right? He, he, he's daddy's boy. And, and you could go into a, a lot of other reasons, but, you know, I think his dad was just kind of proud he still had it. <laughs> Never know. I don't know how that goes. So here's Joseph. And now you, you move that into number two. The journey is always speaking to the future, and the future is the unknown adventure. There's not one of us in this room right now that can write down on a piece of paper what tomorrow is going to be like. I think about 9-11. On, on 9-10, would any of us ever imagine that that was going to happen? Any of us. Do you remember how your world was rocked? Do you remember that day? I, I was putting up deer stands that day, all day. It was my, it was, it was, I was off on Tuesdays at the church we were working at. And I got back to my truck... I've been scouting and looking for rubs and scrapes and all kinds of stuff. I got back to my truck, and there were 28 missed calls. And I was like, whoa. And it all shook down. None of us know what happens tomorrow. However, as we walk with God, the unknown is the greatest of adventures. So, so watch this, Genesis 37, 5 through 11. Joseph had a dream, and when he, when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream. So they already hated him. You got that? 
They, they had a huge disdain for him. They did not like him. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. That's something you want to say at a family reunion, isn't it? <laughs> His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream. And stop right there, Kim. And what he had said. So here's, here's the golden child who has this really cool jacket, coat. It's ornate. It was expensive. And it, it really said to his other brothers, Dad loves him more than he loves us. And if any of you are in a family with other siblings, you probably felt that way at times. I think we all have, unbeknownst to our parents, not, probably not even their fault. So, so here's Joseph, and then he has this dream, and he goes to his brothers who don't, they already don't like him, and he says, hey, you all are going to bow down to me. Wow. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Now, remember, you got to get the end of the story in mind. We're going to talk about that next week. Do you intend to reign over it? They're prophesying, and they don't even know it. He's like, I'm just telling you my dream. I know at times in my life, and hopefully this ministers to some of you in this room right now, I've had dreams in my heart, and those closest to me said, you're an idiot. It'll never work. You, you, it won't happen. And if you're not careful, the dreams that God's put in your heart you will allow the world and those around you to diminish the powerfulness of that dream, of that vision, to a point where you get to a place, well, maybe that was God and maybe that wasn't God. When, when God gave you the dream, you knew it was God. And then you go around and start telling people your dream, and they're like, you're an idiot. No, that'll never work. You can never plant a church beachside. You can, you're What? You're going to start church in your house? You are an idiot. Those beachside people are weird. I have, I have one guy tell me, you won't get them to show up two weeks in a row. You won't. That, I was told all these things, and I was like, and, and so that dream in my heart started to waver a little bit until my wife, who is second to the Holy Spirit in my life, looked at me and said, man up. Let's do this. All right. If your wife calls you out, you got to do it, right? That's like your brother telling you to jump off a bridge in Arkansas. So, so here, here we are, and, and so he has this dream. Now, let's keep going, talk about the future. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. I'm sure they were thrilled. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is, your dream? What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Wow. So he, he can't leave well enough alone, right? So now he's going to go tell his mom and dad, I'm gonna, you're going to bow down to me. But what's interesting is you add up all the family at that time. Go to verse 11. His brothers were jealous of, of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. 
You add up his mom and dad and his brothers at that time, and there weren't 11 of them because Benjamin hadn't been born yet. Ooh, think about that. And, and, and so it's like Joseph is speaking to the future because God's put the future in his heart. Joseph is speaking of things that have not happened yet because God has showed him in his own heart what's going to happen. See, the journey is about the future, and the future is the greatest of adventures. See, God's got things in store for us that we can't even comprehend right now. If we will stay close to him, if we will believe his word, and if we'll step out in faith, we we will see God do amazing things in our life. Speak to the future. Some of you in this room right now are struggling in your marriages, struggling with kids. Quit talking about how bad it is. Get a vision for that marriage. Get a vision for that child. Get a vision for future and start working towards that future. I don't know how to build anything. I mean, I've told you this before. I tried to build a doghouse one time. Me and my son, it was like father-son. It was awesome. He was like five years old, and he can build anything. I don't know where he got it. Definitely not for me. We built this doghouse that looked like it was out of a Snoopy cartoon or something, man. That thing, Rob, that thing was like this. It was leaning over like this. And, my, and, and Dylan, five years old, said, Dad, why is it leaning that way? I said, so the rain will run off, son. <laughs> Quit asking dumb questions. <laughs> Later in life, he found out I just couldn't build anything. But, but I, I really enjoy watching houses or establishments being built. I, I'm, I'm enamored by the foundation and then the beams that go up. And then all of a sudden, you get drywall or whatever outside around it. And, you, and, you, and you're just like, somebody somewhere had a vision for that building to be built or that home or that structure. And it enamors me because I'm enamored by people who have vision. And then, so, so Joseph speaking to the future, and so I just got to tell you this, dream again. If God's put a dream in your heart, dream again. If he's put something on your heart to do, dream again. And don't worry about what people around you, it's good to get godly counsel. I can assure you Joseph's brothers weren't godly counsel. His dad was, and that's why his dad, it says, kept these matters in mind. Because there was something special about Joseph. So whatever God's called you to do, dream again. I dare you, dream again. Whatever stage of life you're in right now, maybe you're just in high school or maybe you're in midlife or maybe you're post-midlife. I don't know what you call that. And, and then may, maybe you're, you're in your second half of life. Dream again. Dream again. The journey is full of dreams. The journey, the, like... How boring would it be to do the same thing every day if you knew it was going to happen the night before you went to sleep? That's, that's boring. So we, the future is unknown to us, but we can dream about the future. We can walk with God and dream about the future. Third thing. The journey sometimes leads to dead ends and disappointments. Genesis 37 Second part of verse 17 through 28. Now, let me, let me just make this reference to this point. You might be here today. You might say, Jason, I've had some dreams, but right now my journey has hit a dead end. My journey has 
I'm, I'm super disappointed. Can I tell you, you got to come back next week because we're going to see God continue with Joseph on his journey. So if certain things happen to you on your journey, don't take those as finality with God's favor on your life. Take them as part of the journey. Did you hear that? God, we got to keep going because if you don't quit, you can't lose. I mean, I look around this room and I know a lot of you, and there's been some wickedly terrible things happen in your lives, but you're here. Still here. So watch this. Genesis 37, second half of 17, 28. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. So his dad said, go check on your brothers. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached him, they plotted to kill him. Now, it must not have taken them very long because they didn't have binoculars. So they noticed him in the distance. So the distance probably was only, what, 200 yards? So they had a really quick conversation. In other words, in each one of their hearts, they had already decided they hated that joker because he was a dreamer. So watch this. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. (laughs) That's not good family. (laughs) Now watch this. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. In other words, he's a dreamer. We don't like him. Dad likes him more than he likes us. Let's get rid of him. Then we'll see what happens. Then we'll see if what he said is true. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said to this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh. And they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Now, so now you got these brothers are starting to kind of back up a little bit. Reuben wants to save him. Judah's saying, hey, this is probably not a good idea. So keep going, Kim. <laughs> so this is better. Let's sell him. Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him after all. He is our brother. Our own flesh and blood, his brothers agreed. So you can see, and this is such a picture of humanity, when a, a quorum of people get together and think they're right, you can justify anything. They left feeling good about themselves. Well, at least I didn't kill him. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know people like this. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. Joseph is on a journey that he never thought he would be on, and you want to talk about adventure. Hey, boy, go find your brothers and check on them. Hey, there he is. Let's kill him. Throw him down. Strip him of his clothes. Hey, let's don't kill him. Let's sell him off to slavery so he can go to Egypt. And then here, here's Joseph, and he's, he, he's, he has to be, and this is the point I'm trying to make right now. Sometimes our journey would seem to end in disappointment and dead ends, but we know by reading the rest of the story what happens. His dreams come true. You just got to keep going. Disappointment. It's a powerful word. When I was in sixth grade, I struggled. 
I, well, my, not even sixth grade, in college, I struggled with math tremendously bad. Probably why I can't build things. It's probably why they turn out like this. All those stupid triangles that you have to do in geometry. Ah. And I, I, algebra, oh, I, I can't even say that word without feeling, I'm serious, without feeling nauseated. So my kids started, when they started school and started algebra, they were like, Dad, I'm never going to use this. And I go, no, you're not. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely not going to use that unless you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. But I'm just going to tell you the truth. No, you have to do it. You've got to pass it, but you're not going to use it. So I was struggling really bad, and, and I wanted this bike. I think I, years ago I showed you guys a picture of this bike. It was a bicycle. And my dad told me, he said, look, if you can get your grade in algebra up to a C, I'm going to buy you this bike. Because we raced bicycles when we were kids. We had this fairground place where we do the, we raced bicycles and motorcycles. And I really wanted this bike. It was a diamond back. I don't know if anybody of you know it. Oh, man. Bear claw pedals. I still have this bike. It's in my parents' attic. So, so anyway... When I was in school, D was passing, right? I don't, I don't know if that's still the case nowadays, but D was passing. I worked, and I worked, and I worked, and I studied, and I worked, and I studied, and I worked. I mean, before you and before the Lord, I really did my best. I just can't get that stuff, right? And so I'm working and 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 working. And my teacher's name was Miss McCall. I love her, but I cannot stand her to this day. She hated me with a passion. She did. And so it was time, summertime's coming, last day of school, we're getting our report cards. And a C was, I think it was, uh, C was 70, 74.5. That's not, that's elementary, it doesn't matter. By one point, one point, that lady gave me a D. And I remember looking at my report card and going, oh, ah. And and I think I even prayed that day. I yelled at God, what are you doing? And I was so disappointed, so disappointed. I go home, buck up, walk in. Dad's not home from work yet. I'm sitting there dreading when he gets home. He walks in the door. He can get your report card. I say, yes, sir. Did you do it? No, sir. He says, let me see it. And I handed it to him. And I was disappointed. And I was disappointed that I had disappointed him. I was more disappointed I wasn't going to get that bicycle. <laughs> you disappoint your dad's bad enough, but not getting the, the, the diamond back, that's bad. And he goes, well, how far off were you? Because I've been noticing you've been studying really hard. Like, I've been watching. You worked. Do you think you did your best? I said, Dad, I think I did my absolute best. I, and you passed algebra? I said, I passed it, the first, first part of it. And he goes, well, i tell you what. I, I've seen you working hard. I want you to go get dressed. It was a Wednesday night. We were going to church. I want you to go get dressed for church. And on the way to church, we're going to stop by that bicycle shop, and I'm going to buy you that bike because I've been watching you, and I know that you did your best. Father's favor. 
See, you may be at a point in your journey right now where you feel like it's ended in disappointment and you feel like you're at a dead end. Can I tell you the favor of the Father is still on you? Don't give up. Keep going. Keep going. Do your best. Work as hard as you can. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Let the past be the past. Let Speak to the future and take off into it and let God open the doors that he wants to open for you. My dad looked at me and said, go get dressed, boy. We're going to go get that bike. Seriously, as a little kid, right? That's how you feel. Yes! Well, see, we lose that childlike faith in our own life many times in our journey with God, and we forget what it is, when, and, and God will open these doors in our life, and we take it for granted. He'll bless us in ways, and we're like, oh, well, just another day. Instead of slowing down and going, you know what? This looks like a dead end. This looks like disappointment. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to follow the dream that God has put on my heart until he redirects that dream or he does a miracle in that dream. Joseph, we're going to see next week, is about to go on the greatest adventure of any person in the Bible. Sold into a foreign land. But everywhere you see through that story, and I dare you to read it this week, God's favor is on him. God gave him favor with Potiphar. God gave him favor with Pharaoh. God gave, everywhere he went, got Pharaoh in the prison. I mean, favor in the prison. And so here's the idea. Let God give you a love boost this morning, a spiritual love boost. And let him remind you that he loves you. And your circumstance that you're going through right now does not define God's love and favor on your life. Quite possibly... He's just trying to fulfill the dream he's put on your heart. And you thought it was all going to be hunky-dory, and it's not. Keep going. The journey. Let me tell you about the part of the journey that never ends in disappointment. That's the journey where we get to meet God through putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Heaven will not disappoint. Heaven's not going to disappoint. I know people don't talk about heaven much anymore because if you talk about heaven, you've got to talk about hell, and nobody wants to talk about hell. That's just not good publicity. <laughs> they're both very real. They're both talked about in the Bible. Heaven's not going to disappoint, my friend. Things that we can't even fathom or imagine. So if, and Jesus doesn't disappoint. If you're, if you're at a dead end or a disappointment in your life right now, one, maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's the start of the journey. Two, Maybe you just need to get back really close to God. How do we do that? Through his word. Pray. Get people around us of like faith. And that will not disappoint. That is the greatest adventure. Because knowing God's the main storyline and is the greatest of adventures. Would you bow your head all over this place? Say, Jason, that's me. I haven't started my journey yet. What do, you, what do you mean by started? Well, here's what I mean. The Bible says that you will not spend eternity with God in heaven until you put your faith, unless you put your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. So here's the idea. Salvation is a faith issue. And maybe you're here today and you, you feel like spiritually you're at a dead end. Spiritually, you, you've been disappointed. By those closest to you, just like Joseph's brothers, by those closest to you, you've been disappointed. Maybe you've grown bitter in your heart. Can I just tell you, when you hand your life over to Jesus, it doesn't fix everything, but it sure helps everything. 
So if that's you and you say, Jason, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I want to do that today. I need a starting point. I need a fresh start. Would you slip your hand up long enough for me to see it? Put it right back down. I don't want to miss it. Just put it right up and put it right back down. Good. So here's the second part of that equation. Maybe you're here and you know you know Christ, but you feel like you're at a dead end and you've been disappointed again by those closest to you. We're going to talk about forgiveness next week, but today I, I just challenge you to see your situation in a different light, to look for the bright spots, to look for areas of your situation that are going to help just kind of navigate you through, stay close to the Lord, stay firm in the word, talk with him every day. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for Joseph. Lord, and thank you that even though on our journey, things sometimes may not look great, but we know you're in control of our journey. You are navigating our journey, Lord, as we follow you. Give us what we need to walk by your spirit this week. Give us what we need, Father, to be a light in this community. In Jesus' name, amen.